We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. What up, what up, what up, world? This is Brunch Culture. Uh, we didn't do, you know, I was listening to one of our older episodes and I remember how our little tagline start we used to do. You know, the what up, world? You're tuned into Brunch Culture. I'm your ho- I'm your boy, Randall Keith, and I'm oh, joined yeah, by yeah. my lovely co host, Miss Lisa V. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're doing this time. He's well, like, you what up, world? Yeah, I just, no, I, I don't what know. What up, world? <laughs> I remember you said, too, your, your, uh, I think it was your brother that commented on, like, that was your signature. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was listening to an older episode, and I was like, oh, I, I do remember these days, but we've evolved. It's so funny, too, because our progression was, like, pretty natural, like, getting to... I don't know. We just kind of start talking, and it just it just works out. Yeah, being... that's a good thing about growth. Yeah, evolution. Look at us evolving and such. The evolution of branch culture, BC. Yeah, yeah. before Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that was the way. <laughs> that was so lame. <laughs> I didn't know that was coming. Uh... That was pretty lame. <laughs> Speaking of things you didn't know was coming, uh, Kanye West and Kurt Franklin collaboration um, had no clue that was coming. Right. But hey, more power to them. I still have not listened to the song. I was just about to ask you that. Have you heard the song? Because I, I mean, honestly, you would with with all these comments and so many people talking about it, you would really think that this song is. I, for me, I would think they at the strip club recording a, a, a song together because literally, you know, people, everybody have their opinions. But I, I've seen so many people. I didn't see it on Twitter, but I saw a lot of people on Facebook with a lot of opinion, opinions, either like yay or nay. But a lot of naysayers saying like, you know, in our last and evil days and, you know, false prophets and all in this. All right. Okay, guys. <laughs> all right. Like, it's, just, I don't even, I ain't even heard the song, so I'm, I can't even have an opinion, but I, literally, you would think that they just recorded like the Clappers remix or something like that. And Kurt Franklin is on there saying, like, we in the club with Clappers praising yeah, the Yeah. And I like, think the controversy was that uh, Kanye had did like, that whole album cover with the crown of thorns and then he you know said Jesus and so people were thinking that he was self making like this uh, claim that he was God or on par with Jesus or whatever and I mean I think honestly I think he just did that for publicity right and he just tweeted I think yesterday that his number one problem in his career has been his ego and he has to realize that God's on the throne not him so, I mean, I think that speaks to the fact I don't think that he's really thinks he's God. Um, I think right. that, um, you know, you have to give people space to grow. And artists, unlike us, when we make mistakes or when we are going through our process in our walk with God, if you are a Christian, um, 
you have you get you get the benefit of going through it in private. Right. And so public figures have to go through stuff in public. So I think you have to take those things into consideration. And, you know, I don't think him, you know, if he was, you know, calling himself Jesus at one point, putting himself on par with Jesus. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I can't take seriously anything they do. Him and Car- the Kardashian machine, I don't take them seriously. I feel like everything they do is just for the the press. Right. I was just about to say, though, honestly, I don't think... I'm not even sure if it's that it's about his growth. For me, I don't think it's about, you know, him growing as a Christian. I think it's more so of him knowing what gets people talking. And he really capitalizes on this idea that no press is bad press. Um, So, I mean, all press is good press. So it's like if I do something that's going to be extremely controversial, it's going to get people to talk. When people talk, more people are going to be interested. People are going to end up going to buy albums. They're going to end up going to support shoes because he really, I think he plays the media and he does what he needs to do in order to get it get it out there. And so, I don't know. I, I just, I, I really think that it's a chess move, really. It's a chess move for, you know, him to have a Twitter beef with Wiz Khalifa over absolutely nothing. It's a chess <laughs> move for, you know, him to team up with Kurt Franklin and knowing people are going to start these conversations. It's, it's everything that he does, I feel like, is a chess move, and it just really gets people talking and excited and everybody got something to say. And it really is just like... I don't know. For me, I I hear it, and you know, we we do brunch culture, so we we're gonna talk about it, and it's it's a topic out there, and so I'll entertain it. But personally, I know a lot of people that get like really invested in it. I can't. I just feel like I can't ever really get that too invested in it because <laughs> it's like he's trolling you. He really is trolling you. Like just yeah. shut up and yeah. Much- but it almost got as much like publicity. Did you see the whole Megan Good Devon Franklin thing? That I went did viral. see that. I did see that. And I'm just and... like, again, thing that really don't matter. Right. Um, <laughs> right. The lady. Poor, like, the lady, I just don't, like, it's sad because she represents a lot of people that really act like that. But in my mind, I was like, okay, wait, so you came to this event and you only came because you said God sent you to tell her that, like, she's going to cover up. And you really thought she was going to listen and you really oh, she was going to call the magazine and be like, you know what? Take that picture down. I've showed my breasts and God doesn't approve. And I know he doesn't approve because some strange woman came into an event to see me and my husband. Like, come on, lady. Really? I like I just. Yeah, I, I was it was. It was one of those things where I was just like, oh, wow. Like, people are really caring. And, I mean, I saw so many people post it like, oh, my gosh, relationship goals. Her man standing <laughs> up for her. And I'm just like, here y'all go with these relationship goals. And it's so funny, though, because I'm like, <laughs> what was he? Like, did you? I don't. In my mind, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know everybody. But it's like, dude, what? Did y'all actually think he was going to sit there and just, you know, not say nothing be like, Oh, you know, well, thank you so much, sister, for, you know, telling my wife to cover up. Like, this isn't new, you know? And I, I, I don't know. At some point, I thought the whole, like, Megan Good, you know, th- that whole idea of her has, has been over, has been done. Um, and I just, I, 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 I didn't really, it was, 
I keep I, I watched it actually twice because I was like, wait, and I thought they were gonna show because um, this one headline was like, see the woman that did it. So I watched the video a second time trying to. I thought they were gonna like interview the lady or show her face or whatever. And I was like, so maybe she was extremely old, and maybe she, you know, like is not in tune with today's culture at all so she just really thought well you know what she's gonna see me as like a an elder and she's gonna listen to what i got to say and so i'm gonna do this otherwise i was just like i don't even like why did this maybe happen? even if i was to give her the benefit of the doubt and say okay well she thought maybe since she's like a pastor's wife because he is kind of like a minister or something or maybe she was like well they just had this whole book on purity Mm-hmm. That it kind of can send two different messages. Uh, but still, if that was the case, you know, I think those are valid, you know, points to bring out. But you should uh, you should probably talk to them in a private setting and voice your concerns, not in front of thousands of people I and do, try to get an understanding. But logically, I just didn't I don't really. You have to have a. You have to make sure you have the ear of the person you're trying to critique. And I, I was just gonna say, but who at the end of the day, even if those were valid, who are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what really makes you think they're gonna actually listen to you, especially in this public forum? Like, it's just not gonna happen. You're better off just being one of those people that's like, I'm not gonna go and tweet about it and hope somebody thinks, you know, somebody's gonna listen to what you have to say. Because realistically, like, how do I know? How do I separate you from? You know, the uh, some random person that's just on the street that's trying to swindle me out of money, or somebody that's just really just a hater and like would have take issue with anything that I do. Like I don't know you, so your whole point of coming in here to try to tell me about, you know, you saw me on a on a magazine cover with my breast showing, like, lady, what? Like it's just it just <laughs> the logic in it for me was like she she's either really really old or she had to be on something or she really just thought that you know what I'm gonna say this and somebody's gonna come and interview me and this is gonna be like my my vehicle to success and they're gonna be like oh let's go to her for Christian fashion from now on because she corrected Megan good like it just didn't make any sense yeah yeah and that's why I say you have to make sure you have the ear of the person like. When I mean ear, not like they're hearing you, but the the ear, the mean you are credible in their eyes. Right. Like you're saying, if Otherwise, you're not credible, you're just some random person that, that has an opinion, and <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It you sound like Donald Trump. Play. You would like, otherwise sound like Donald Trump talking to the Pope, <laughs> as if the election hasn't gone. You know, it hasn't been crazy enough and it doesn't already seem like a circus. These primaries, Donald Trump. I just don't know what else can happen, though, like that make it more crazy. I didn't even want to listen to them. I was like, I heard the uh, headline when I was listening to the uh, Ricky Smiley morning show this morning. They were like, Donald Trump got into it with was it. Maybe it was CNN. I was listening to something on TuneIn and they were like. Donald Trump gets into it with the Pope. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, bro, you arguing with the Pope? I, you know what? This is, I don't even, like, what? It, what's your mission statement at this point? What are you trying to accomplish? What are we doing here? You're, you're well, suing 
another candidate for run, running apparently an ad about you that is false and you're saying it's slanderous. But apparently this ad is, you know, it's a chop up of your words, but you actually said these things. And then you're telling the you're like arguing with the Pope like, bruh, I just don't I don't understand. I to really me, you know what the most interesting thing was, and I think people have to think critically about what they're saying and confront their own biases. I was listening to them CNN interview people um, in South Carolina that heard just random people that heard um, the Pope's response, and they were like, well, now these are Republicans. This is why we need separation of church and state, and politics shouldn't we shouldn't mix the two. And I was just thinking, you can't say that really as like, if you're like us, it was like one lady, I think she was like really staunch pro-life. And I'm just like, well, how do you reconcile that? Right. Um, like you can't use it when it only works for you. Yeah. I, was, I thought that was interesting. I was like, they didn't think critically about this before they said it. I don't think they think critically about anything, but... <laughs> Those are your those are your people, and uh, you know, I just (laughs) I was having a discussion with a group of people that uh, you know mixed conservatives and liberals, and we were having you know the whole pro life pro choice conversation, and I just think it's really interesting how when I hear people that are just very I'm I'm super pro life. And especially coming from a man, I don't know. For me, I'm just kind of like, you know what? Even if I were in that situation, that's always a road that I'll never have to go down, like physically, emotionally, and all of the above. So, you know, while I can tell myself personally, like, this this is not something that I would take lightly, something that I would just want to be a contraceptive, to view as a contraceptive, like, absolutely not. I can look at you and just be like, well, I mean, if that's if that's a decision that you want to make and you're okay with that decision, then by all means, like, hey, who am I to tell you that you can't do it? Because that's really not my life. Um, Having that discussion, though, and having somebody just kind of come up with all these lists of exceptions, that's okay. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day isn't the action still the same? Well, no, no, no. And I was like, so then who would be the judge of that? Like, how do how do you know? Like, I mean, what if every woman that got pregnant just start hollering like, oh, I was raped, I was raped, I was raped, I was raped. What would that do to the men that they actually chose to have sex with? And if that's the only option that you can claim in order to, you know, abort the child, like, how how, how often will people use this? Well, you know, I just think that all this and I'm like, bruh, I think as a man, maybe if you're a woman having this conversation, for me, I kind of feel like it's more credible. But I'm like, as a dude, <laughs> you might as well just shut up, bruh. Like, so you this, don't think men should be they shouldn't voice their opinion on pro choice? I think it's okay for you to 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 voice your opinion, but I think that I can't argue with another woman in a conversation and tell her, you know, if she's like, I feel like I should have my choice, and I'm telling you absolutely no, you can't. I have to acknowledge the fact that, bruh, I'm never gonna be be in this situation 
I'm really never going to, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll be in a situation as the father, as a man, and I can have my opinions and my point of view. But if I'm arguing with you about, you know, when you should and you shouldn't do with your personal body, bruh, I can't, that don't even make sense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't argue with you based off experience. I can't argue with you based off of an experience that may happen. So I can, I can express my viewpoint and then after I express my viewpoint, I just kind of got to shut up and say, well, that's for me and my house. This is how we're going to carry it forward because I can't I can't regulate that with you. And I've, I'll never be in that situation like I'm never going to get pregnant ever. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what? Yeah, I just nah, bro. We're going to have to pass on that one. <laughs> like, at, 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 at some point in this conversation, I'm just going to have to say, well, you know what? I agree to disagree. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to move forward because if you start asking me about how I would feel personally being in that situation, the reality is I don't know what it is to be a woman. I can't even argue like having a, 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 a monthly cycle, having a period. I can't argue with you about how that feels. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm never going to know. So how stupid is it of me to t- say, you know what? When you get a period, you better take my doll. You should have to take my doll. We should regulate you taking my doll. What? <laughs> like, based on what? I've never been there. I don't know what it is. Shut up. I just, yeah. It's not a... That at some point in time for me, the conversation gets to a place where it's like, it's it's better for you, you know, to express your opinion. You can continue to repeat your opinion and stand there. But when you start getting into talking about how an individual would feel or, you know, what is best for a person's lifestyle or for a person's body. And it's like, well, man, I, you know, maybe hypothetically, if you were ever a woman, but yeah, you probably are never going to be in that situation and. You should probably just shut up. It's okay. (laughs) It really is okay. Absolutely okay. Well, uh, speaking of people who um, do interesting things, um, well, no, I don't think that's the right segue. I was like, nah, that's not it. <laughs> What'd you that's not the good transition. <laughs> but anyways, the Grammys. Beyonce boycott. Oh, and in and the Beyonce. NYC, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Absolutely, nobody showed up. But apparently, an update is for Beyonce's tour. Uh, she's going to Tampa, Florida, and they can't get any officers to feel the call to have security at the state. Wow. Yeah. Are they serious? Apparently, and this was like a local news. I was reading an article from like a local news station, and I think that is very interesting. I, what I'm hoping is is one of those things of they just put it out there, and maybe it's only been out there for 24 hours, and nobody just signed up for it, um, and not people actually saying, I don't want to come and offer security to this. Because it, for me, and I, I say this all the time, what part of anything that Beyonce's done, whether it's the video whether it's the you know the, the 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 song in itself or the Super Bowl performance, what part of that was anti-police? At what point did she say I hate police or I don't like police or you know f the police? Like at what point did she say that she didn't? It's never been said. 
You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just kind of like you guys are if you believe this and if you're 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 hanging on to a rhetoric that's not even there. Like it's it's something that's completely fabricated, completely BS. And you are. Yeah. It's just being circulated and circulated and circulated. And yeah. And I'm just like, it's not that like, serious, guys. Not at all. Not even not that serious. Oh. Not even a little bit. Exactly. It's art and it's thought. And and I, I really I really want to talk to somebody for real, for real, that believes Beyonce is anti-police. Like, I want to understand, you know, what what portion of that makes her anti-police and nothing that she said is anti-police. I listened to the little uh conservative lady the 23 year old lady that got into the the situation the um debate with Charlemagne. she invited him oh on. she was on the 23 yeah she's 23 um she brought in she brought Charlemagne on and i listened to her saying like the black panther party was anti-police was anti-police but it's like what where was the the black panther party anti-police and the thing that frustrates me with hearing this this conversation about when, specifically when people talk about the Black Panther Party and this is something that I was actually just telling a friend I was like I remember growing up and there was kind of like a joke of you don't want to be a Black Panther and like you don't want to be viewed as them and and you know in school I remember having a substitute teacher that came in and it was this guy I believe he was African I don't I didn't know them but I'm assuming he was African he gave us like this whole and I was going to like a I think I want to say it was an F middle school um, it was a really, you know, not so good middle school. And so he, he came in, the substitute came into the classroom and he was telling us all, he was telling us why we should spell Africa with a K instead of a C. Um, he was just telling us that we're all kings and queens and we should believe in ourselves and all this. And of course, you know, we don't know this dude. So a lot of people was like, this dude crazy. I remember being like, this is really interesting, but I, I mean, where did this even come from? And then, like, when my history teacher came back and we started asking him about stuff, and I remember my history teacher telling me, telling us that, like, you know, the Black Panther Party was uh, anti the nonviolence movement that MLK was that was supporting. And he was the leader of it. MLK didn't like the idea of Black Panthers. And, like, basically the Black Panther Party did so much to divide the community and to set us back, like, the whole country back from racial progress. And so, you know, at that point, I, I want to say maybe I was, like, 11. So I really, be you know, believed and thought that was it. And, like, I remember getting to college and starting to learn more about the Black Panther Party and being like, wait, but that was all a lie. <laughs> like, and this was a lie that not just, it wasn't just, you know, white people that taught me this. It was, you know, I, black family members that had this, this understanding. They were black people that also was just like, yeah, you don't want to be a black Panther. Like you don't want to be somebody that is dividing the community. And it's like, yo, there's not even a, that's not even a thing. That's not even part of the truth. So when she talks about, you know, the black Panther party being anti-police, she can't even tell you, you know, what about it. She's just like, oh, they, they were they were against the nonviolent movement. But it's like they were against the nonviolent movement because this nonviolent movement that we kept pushing and that was still going on resulted in so many people dying. So many people, you know, just <clears throat> being afraid and not being able to do to do anything like this was a response to that. So you can't blame you can't point the finger at one group for being violent 
and 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 using force, if you will, without pointing the blame at the other group that caused them to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if if the Black Panthers are so bad, and you have to, you know, you got to look at President Hoover and say, oh, he's really bad. You have to look at the FBI and say, oh, he's really bad as well. Like you 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 gotta give them both the same responsibility. You can't. And I, I'm a very. I, I think I said this before on the show. I'm a cause. I'm an action and a reaction per type of person if a reaction comes out of the action don't just yell at the reaction and tell the reaction is his fault because there was a there was an initial action that happened that caused this reaction so like even when you know when i've gotten in arguments with people and i remember somebody saying well you did this to me i was like well wait let's think about it i did this because you did this had you not done this first we my actions would never even came and we wouldn't be here so, <laughs> you got to understand where the, the fault lies. The fault lies here. I I just, I, I don't understand why these people are so, well, these people sounds like it's us against them, but why people have such a drastic approach. And I guess it's hard for people to reconcile. And that's something we have, a problem we have as society, the both and concept. Yeah. Like, People can't, they don't understand things being shades of gray. And so they can't navigate with, I love the police, but I am going to uh, protest against bad police. Right. I'm police not saying brutality. Police not yeah. saying that they all are, you know, have, you can have members of your family that are police officers. And I mean, in, in essence, when something bad happens, who do we call? We call the police okay. because, yeah. I was about to say Ghostbusters. Yikes, you call Ghostbusters. <laughs> He's gonna call Ghostbusters. Okay. Please don't call Ghostbusters. But I don't even know that. It really is. It's it is one of those things that people don't understand that like you said, it's it's both and. Um and you can you you really can I I, I I protest police brutality, but I also can see a police officer at that protest and still respect them and still say, hey, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your service. Um, I really appreciate, you know, you being out here and either making sure that this doesn't get violent, making sure it doesn't get out of control. Like I can still respect you and respect what you're doing just in, in the same regard, the same way that you'll respect me and respect my rights as a citizen. It's not, you know, this whole, and I think that's what annoys me a lot about, about mainstream media is it's almost like there's a bait for people to, um, go, for things to get violent and things to get wild and crazy. And it's kind of like, well, if you out here protesting, then you hate the police and, Nobody ever says that at all. That's yeah. not even a thing. But people still, people still think that. Yeah. But shout out to the Grammys. I think that the way that one thing I'm I'm glad to see is that. Uh, did you watch the Grammys? Yeah. Yeah. I, one thing. Grammy so black. With from uh, Kendrick Lamar's <laughs> performance, I just love the fact that. I have I haven't really seen a lot of negative commentary about it. I've seen you know people couple his, his performance with Beyonce's, um, and there's this whole debate about it being con- conscious, which we'll discuss in the main dish. But I just love the idea. I just I liked. I, I really enjoyed that you know he his performance was done the way that it was, and the conversation 
afterwards was more of like, honestly, I didn't get it or I get it. And I'm trying to really understand it and not like Kendrick Lamar says that he's like anti-police. Um, and I did, I did realize I commented when I was watching, I was watching with some friends and I was like, you know, the line of, and we hate popos. I don't know if that was like, he was told to edit that out. If he was told just not to saying that line. And I think even if he wasn't told, he probably did it so that people would understand, you know, he understands that everybody's not going to really get this this discussion um, because all of these people aren't familiar with the culture and the music and things like that. So they won't get it. So I'm going to leave this line out so that it won't ruin a good thing by just talking about this one line um, because people would really hear that and just be like, oh, it's out here at the police without really understanding, you know, what he's what he's trying to really say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I know I enjoyed it. I was in my living room dancing. Yeah, it was dope. Because <laughs> I listen to that song all the time. It was really dope. Well, shout out to the Grammys. Um, <laughs> LOL at Taylor Swift's uh, grand performance that it was supposed to be. Um, there's a couple memes that I saw about that. And, you know, no knock to Taylor Swift. Maybe a little knock to Taylor Swift. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't really... Big people kept saying that this performance was so great, and for me, I was waiting for people to come out and be great performers. Like I, I want to see some incredible performers, and honestly, I didn't see that. Like Demi Lovato walked out to do the Lionel Richie perform uh, tribute with her head down. Like <laughs> it was like, what, are you trying to follow the Yellow Brick Road? What is what's going on? Like what's on the ground? <laughs> she just seemed so like uninterested but then i started to realize she is she great voice really you know really talented vocally but i don't think she's really a performer if you will like there she just kind of seemed very awkward and then a lot of other people like it just i don't know it just seemed weird i i wanted to see a night of incredible performances but i didn't see that yeah even adele was a little off she was a little flat she was a little flat i didn't want nobody to you know i (laughs) I was really trying, like, I was on Twitter, and some some somebody tweeted, you know, that she, uh, he's like, a little flat, eh? And I was like, ah, oh, man, I thought I responded. I was like, I thought I was the only person that heard it. And then another person started saying this. So it was like this whole string of us going back and forth. And I was like, you know, man, like, everybody's not going to have a perfect performance. She still sounded great. She still did a great job. But, you know, it was a little... Low on the flat side, as one of the guys put it, it was, she was a little pancake tonight. It was just a little bit of a pancake. That's all. <laughs> That's all. But it's okay. You know, we all like pancakes. Pancakes are good. Yeah, I went ahead to sing Hello. No, man. And I haven't heard that other song. I haven't heard any of her album but that. Yikes, but Hello? Yeah. Wow. Well, the song she performed, all I ask is, is great. It's a great song. Like, you should go and listen to it. It really is a... Yeah. Not it's the one, Grammy version. I have to listen to It's that. one of those, like, yeah, it's it's a good one. It's definitely a banger. But <laughs> that's it for the scroll, y'all. We will be right back with our main dish. Well, now we're back with our main dish, our main dish. Doom, 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 doom. 
I keep every time you do it, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna come up with a good beat that we're gonna be able to throw behind it. Like that's gonna be Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna make it you're gonna be like, my main dish, my main dish, and I'm gonna have something that's gonna go along with it. But give me some time. I'm keeping working on it. What well, ask Stevie J you're producing? Yikes. Um <laughs> so for this week's main dish, um, with a lot of talk with uh a lot of mainstream artists, so with Beyonce's Super Bowl performance, with her uh video for formation, with Kendrick Lamar's Grammy performance, there's been a lot of talk about uh new and uh, in, in essence like uh re-energized Black History Month, right? A lot of people have been saying you can go to like any social media outlet, you'll see a lot of people saying, you know, this is the blackest Black History Month ever. Um and so it's just been kind of like a lot of talk about, you know, are we redefining with celebrities, mainstream celebrities kind of, you know, toting their blackness and and, and being proud of black history and proud of who they who they are and you know commenting on their nose or their hair or you know speaking out about black issues now are we seeing a re-energized a new form of black history like is that is is that what ha- is that's what's happening and is that happening simply because celebrities are now doing it or is this something that was already in the works that we were doing you know beforehand because and I, I ask this question really because I think about the past few years um post being an undergrad I remember feeling like you know I'm not in this in this community of people now and so I have where you know most organizations will do things to honor Black History Month I was part of the African American Student Union I was on the leadership then um at for my university and so we made a huge deal about the month of February. It's something that we planned for months in advance. And, you know, it was always an event going on. So there's always something to learn something new, to discuss something about black history, to have a discussion or watch a documentary or things like that, like really happened all the time. And, you know, getting into the adult world, outside of, you know, my close friends or me trying to be intentional about going to an event and doing something to celebrate, um, or learning something new, I didn't see this this like widespread push and this energy around Black History Month. But I feel like this year, that's happening, right? So I'm seeing a lot of people talk about Black history and talk about Black, not just Black history, but Black issues, right? And so there'll there'll be a lot of people that are saying we're 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 creating Black history now, and a lot of then there are other people that are kind of anti or naysayers. They're like, nah, this ain't really Black history. You just can't say that it's Black history. Because Beyonce said it, like, you should celebrate Black history and instead of... So, I, just, I don't know. I feel like, let's talk about that. Like, do you feel it's Black history is kind of like being re-energized? Or do you just kind of feel like, you know, this is just celebrities doing things to be celebrities and it is what it is? I think that... I don't think that it's necessarily celebrities just doing things just to be celebrities. I think that people are very, very frustrated with the current state of what's going on with African-Americans in this country. And I think celebrities were kind of sitting on the sidelines saying, you know what, you know, it'll kind of work itself out. And it's getting worse. So they're like, I got to use my platform to speak on it. And I don't necessarily think that it has to do with it being Black History Month because all right, and uh, to Pimba Butterfly was 
produced long before February. I mean, the Grammys just so happened to fall on February, but you know, he's been he's been on this for a long time. Right. And Beyonce, I mean, Formation did come out Super Bowl. Um, but that's really I think her using her platform to the best of her ability and maximizing it. Who what other stage is she going to be on bigger than the Super Bowl stage? Um, I think that was strategic. Um, I think that I don't necessarily think it's revitalizing Black History Month. I think that it just these things just happen to be in February. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like this whole scheme. I mean, they probably sat back and be like, oh, it's February. Oh, that works with Black History Month. But I don't know if it necessarily was um, like planned out that way. Right. And maybe it was. Maybe I'm just being naive in that in thinking that. But I just think that they like this is going this there's so much systemically that we can no longer ignore and people are outraged and I think celebrities are just like let me come off the sidelines and do what I can do right. um because I was I, I look at um I follow Puff Daddy on on Instagram and he had um posted one day I've been like you know low-key not doing much but he was like I'm going to commit to doing more because this is just getting outrageous yeah. And so I think people are just frustrated and, you know, you think, OK, it's going to pass. But then you realize, though, it's not going anywhere unless I raise my voice. And I and I just feel like that's what's happening. Yeah, I feel you with that. So I think that I kind of feel like it is. I think when you you think about because when I think about like the Super Bowl performance, like that whole thing it being black history month her them making the x them dressing up you know to to honor the black panthers and it, it, that and the area you know it being in the bay area which is where the black panther party started i feel like there's a lot of strategy that that's gone into it um and i feel like it, with the, at the same time it is just kind of u- utilizing the platform it's really saying that you know what at this point i have a i was listening to something someone said today earlier and it was on news one now and uh one of the commentators said that you know we keep talking about this financial gain that people that that these artists these mainstream artists can get or celebrities can get for speaking out and doing it but one thing that we don't talk about is number one these people are human just like we are and so we aren't talking about this emotional gain that they can get as well. This sense of I'm doing my job, this sense of I'm doing something that's bigger than me and that's going to help people that I don't know, you know, that and that's going to raise awareness uh, to these issues. And I honestly and I just stopped there for a minute as I was listening to it. And I was like, you know, that's that's actually really that's a great and valid point, because think about when we do something that makes us feel purposeful. I even speak for myself in terms of, you know, talking about black issues, talking about, you know, issues of people from uh, low income, impoverished neighborhoods, or just people that really nobody is listening to. And me being a person that says, you know what, like I identify with that from personal experience, or I identify with that from, you know, hearing, or I just listen to this person and I've tried to put myself in their shoes and really understand that. And so let me give up let me speak on their behalf and give a voice to that. I love doing that. And when I do those things, often, many times I'm not getting paid for it, but I, I really enjoy doing it because it does something for, for me emotionally, right? It, it kind of feeds me in a way. And I, t- I say it all the time that I'm learning 
these people, the people that I end up speaking for, or that I and I'm or that I'm talking to and having conversations with, they teach me more than I feel like I teach them. I feel like I get way more benefit from it than than they do. And so just think about that on the on the in the same regard for a celebrity, someone that has this big name, this huge platform. I'm sure when they use that platform for something such as black issues or speaking out about injustice, I'm sure that that does something for them as well. And so we're not thinking about that emotional reward that they get. And honestly, really the reason why that would probably push someone to do it, that would push someone to say, you know what, no longer. And I'm, am I going to sit on the sidelines or just, you know, leave it up to the activists? Because I say this all the time, but I do believe everybody has a role to play. If you are an entertainer and you probably you have all of these endorsement deals and you really have to play both sides because of who you're tied to, then you kind of got to shut up. Right. You and, and, and it's not saying that you I think that's why we see so many artists that secretly support movements and secretly give money, you know, to other things or have like very quiet causes that they support. And it's because, you know, they don't want to ruffle any feathers because they don't want to like lose money. So seeing these artists actually do this, I'm like. Honestly, there's probably more that they're getting from this than just like this whole they get publicity for. And then also that they're doing it. And even with backlash, they're not backing down. You know what I'm saying? There was no statement that was released saying, like, I apologize or I didn't mean to offend anyone. They put the art out there. The art is out there. They made these performances. And it's kind of like, well, you take it for how you will. I know what I'm taking it for. And I know what those people that I was speaking to in these performances or in these songs, what they were taking it for. And I know how they would take it because they understand the culture. And so I made it in a way so that like, if you get it, you get it. And you cannot be, you you have to be on board for it in, in a sense of supporting it and understanding. And if you don't get it, then, you know, it just wasn't for you to get. And Maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll do something else that will make you feel comfortable um, and invite you in. But at this moment, that's just not what it's here for, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I think I, I think for me, it's a I think I, I kind of feel like it is a I don't even want to say a rebirth because I feel like that's too deep because I don't feel like it's as deep as people make it. But I do feel like this is a an opportunity to put black issues main in the, in a mainstream lane. Um, mm -hmm. and, and one thing that we have to be careful for is like, you know, when anything goes mainstream, it becomes profitable. Right. And so you'll mm -hmm. have a lot of people that are just jumping in that are trying to profit, um, off of, you know, something be just because it seems like, Oh, this is a trend and is a, and a trend and a fad. It's not a trend and a fad for me. And the one thing that I, I would hope would happen is we'll continue to have these conversations definitely in the month of February. So it makes people say, well, let me find out a little bit more about the Black Panther Party. Right. It, I think it was very interesting how, you know, PBS released this Black Panther documentary. And there's a lot of people that were talking about it, a lot of people that are going to see it. And a lot of people that learned a lot about like the Black Panther Party's 10 point plan, which is still very relevant to what's happening today, still very relevant to the black community today. Um, and that came off of that came on the heels of people doing all of this talk about Beyonce dressing up and honoring the Black Panthers. Right. So that that name was out there. And PPS is like, oh, well, you want to know more? Check out this documentary. Um, and, and I'm sure that they planned on releasing it in February altogether. So it seems like it just kind of worked out. But it, it, 
I just love the fact that it is is it's making people talk. Black history is is today. It's now. It was in 2008 when President Obama took office. It was in 1995. It was in 1991. Black history is all encompassing of you know now and then, um, and in the future. And I think we're talking about black issues. That's why I'm. That's why I kind of say like I'm glad that these mainstream artists are doing it, and I, and I hope that this is something that continues on year after year because we are talking about these black issues. We're having these discussions, and we're trying to figure out what needs to be done to either change. We're voicing our opinions on it, which is hopefully making us become more educated. And that's what to me. That's what I miss, and that's what I want it to be. Because like I said, in undergrad that's what it was like we would really have we'd, we'd have like opening ceremonies that double asu put on and then we would literally go through you know event after event but multiple organizations we would team up with other organizations you'd have greek organizations that were doing things um you'd have like other organizations like uh like a hispanic cultural society or something like that they would come in and you know want to be a part and, and help honor and support and so for me it was like there was a campus-wide awareness of this is black history month and so the fact that you know mainstream artists are kind of putting issues or you know doing things that are getting people to talk i'm just kind of like that awareness is there for people thank you you know i can get on social media and see somebody having a discussion that honestly it might even be something i think is kind of stupid or not that important in the grand scheme of other things but people are aware that this is black history month and that discussion it's like that awareness is here Black issues are here. Black pride is here. Loving yourself is here. I heard a discussion the other day um, about Afros and, and, and this whole, you know, women have there being like a natural hair movement and, and the natural hair industry just really blossoming and booming and all of these different companies that are part of this and people are supporting each other. And I'm just like, that's it. I love it. We're having this discussion. That's what I want. That's what it should be. Yep, it's definitely getting people to talk. And that's I think that's the goal. That is the goal. So Absolutely let us know what you think. For uh do you think this is a resurgence of Black History Month? Or um is are the are celebrities just doing something to be doing it? Let us know. Hit us up, use the hashtag ChatBC, and also make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture, and give us your thoughts. Let us know what you think about, you know, this Black History Month. Is it different? Are we doing the same thing? Are some people late? Are we missing the ball? I know there's a lot of people that think that, you know what, this is nothing new to me um, and in my circles, and this is something that's just been happening, or some people are just kind of like, you're only talking about this just because it's Beyonce. Like, nothing really has changed and so, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think. Hit us up, hashtag ChatBC, and we will be right back for our toast or roast. Hey, Swizzy, Monica, Monica, hey, you want that? You gotta have that. I know you need that. You gotta have that. Come on. Hey. Now we're back for our toast. Oh, roast. A toast. Oh, roast. Toast. Oh, roast. I don't know. I gotta. I got. I gotta work on. I gotta get back in the studio, yo. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call Jocelyn Hernandez and Stevie J and see if they can cut me a track. 
Well, they're not working together no more. Wait, they, they, they are strange. They are? Yeah. I told you she bleached his clothes. You did say that. I don't, but I just saw, I saw like an Instagram video. Um, I want to say maybe it was from her account, uh, her Instagram account, but it was like a video of Stevie J performing. So I thought that they were together again. I don't, I don't keep up with these people. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't even know. (laughs) I have no idea. Anyway, so I always want to have a discussion of, you know, something that's kind of gearing people to change. But this week is more so of something that I read that was really inspiring. Um, The Washington Post actually ran a story of a guy named Brian Mosteller. I hope that I'm not butchering his name. And he's the special assistant to President Obama and the director of over office operations. Um, Brian is basically kind of like the president's right hand man. The article describes him as like the person that knows what the president wants, needs and and should be doing before he does. He's kind of like his brain. Um, And he's been with the president since the campaign trail back in 2007. And so I was just reading, you know, the the, the article they did. And Brian is what, 40? And it was talking about the things that he's done before and just really how he's one of the last people in the administration that uh, is that's still been there since the campaign trail and how he, you know, says that he's going to be there until the very end. Um, and they talk about like he, he how he gets the president's response, like he's the person that will really get the president's true feelings on politics, on social issues. Um, sometimes he'll just come out him, come out to his office and ask him something like random. Um, off the cuff and they'll just kind of have a conversation or he'll be able to see, you know, what the president, his response is to some major news story. And just reading the article and seeing how dedicated he is to his job um, and seeing how he gets there an hour, at least a minimum of an hour before the president and leaves at least an hour after the president. Um, he's just very, very like meticulous about everything and just really on top of his job. And they were saying how like him, he and the pre- president have to really trust him. And like the president said, like he trusts him with his life because he kind of has to in order for him to be able to do his job effectively. And I just think it's amazing. I was reading and I, and I love, you know, reading things about people that are 100 percent dedicated and committed to what they do and love their job. And actually what they're doing doesn't seem like it is as grand as, you know, another person, if you will. So like if you were to compare his role to the president's role, you know, some would say the president is way more important. But the, to have the president acknowledge and then him to acknowledge as well that, you know, what I'm doing is actually it, it aids to that. It adds to that. So like if I wasn't as if I wasn't great at my job, then the president wouldn't be able to be his do his job and we wouldn't have all of, you know, the turnaround of the country that we have and all these great and positive things that we have today. So shout out to Brian Mostella. You are my toast for this week. Well shout out to Brian. Yeah. Toast to I wanna, Brian. I wanna toast I want no, I wanna roast the eighteen year old boy who has uh disguised himself as a doctor. Um <laughs> He was arrested for um, uh, trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? It's on the tip of my tongue. Well, anyway, he was acting like he was a doctor. Uh, (laughs) Impersonate? (laughs) um, Yeah, impersonate. Yes, that's what it is. Gotcha. 
Yeah, you you know what I'm saying. Thank you, Randall. Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. Makes the dream he was impersonating work. a doctor. On his website, he had PhD, which is people who went to him, they they deserve what they got. <laughs> Medical doctor, PhD. Um, he had an elaborate website. He had an opening of his office. And he carried on this thing for months. So he's seen people. And then when he he was arrested, he was like, I'm going to fight this. What? <laughs> How are you going to fight this? <laughs> and then when his relatives were talking about, well, at least he was doing something constructive and not doing anything violent. What? So that tells me your whole family got problems. Right. I was, yeah. That, <laughs> not to get and in And the fact that he problems. had a building, I'm just like, do your parents got money? Are you like the black influencer kid? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, this not to impede on your roast, but that whole like I I honestly didn't take it serious literally until like today because I was I kept seeing it and I was like nobody really can do that. That's not I'm not gonna click on this article. I'm not about to read about this. This nobody can actually do this. And then I was like, wait, somebody actually did it. And you tagged me in that video. I was like, oh, this is a real thing. Yeah, I didn't believe it too. So I so I was like, oh, it was on Good Morning America. Oh, this is like real. Right. I thought somebody had made a like a mock video and was wow. playing. It's wow. like, oh wow, this is real life. Yikes. What is this world coming to? Well, we're going to leave you with this week's good vibe. This week's good vibe is from attorney Marshawn Daniels. She says, just because you are good for them does not mean they are good for you, which speaks volumes. So many levels. So many levels. Like, (laughs) I I say this all the time. Like, and I have friends that tell me this all the time. I want to save everybody. Like, I'm captain. I want to be captain save all, all the time. And it's like, you know, Sometimes, just because you might feel like, or you may even be, you know, the answer to what someone's need or the answer to their struggles doesn't necessarily mean that they are the answer to you and that you guys, yeah, this needs to happen or you need to force this because you're like, oh, no, I want to help them and I can make this happen. And it's kind of like, yeah, sometimes you just kind of got to keep it moving. And it's okay. In the words of Project Pat and J. Cole, don't save them. They don't want to be saved. Don't save them. You know, it's Shout some people. Shout out to Project Pat. You have to let some people learn by experience what they want learn by guidance. Right. People have to learn by experience, and you know, if they don't want your help, hey, you got to keep keep it moving. Keep it moving. Well, guys, as always, that wraps up the show for today. As always, we thank you so much for listening to the show. We thank you guys for continuing to support us, for riding with us, um, for for supporting Brunch Cultures, for also supporting our other venture, I'm Pro You. Make sure you go to IamProYou.com and pro someone, share the site, share the experience on your social media. Um, Make sure that you check us out, our website at www.brunchculturebc.com. Check out our Twitter page at Brunch Culture and our Instagram page at Brunch underscore culture. And am I missing something? Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. Any announcements, Lisa? Anything you got going on? No, I think you... Make sure y'all... covered all of it. Make sure y'all also check out uh, Lisa's podcast the jude three project amazing podcast she has some incredible incredible people on there uh pastor howard john wesley was just recently on there which was pretty dope make sure you guys check that out and support lisa what she's doing and we will see you guys next week and remember here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion